Hey folks, this is Ian Foster, and this is If and When, a podcast where I talk to other creators about how and why they do their thing. To start, I'm talking to colleagues, friends, and veterans of the arts community at home here in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. These are not so much traditional interviews as they're a chat over coffee or something a little stronger. So come sit in and have a listen. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again to part two of my conversation with Brian O'Connell. Part one is last week. Just go back one in the app if you'd like to pick up there, and then you can grab this one as soon as that's over because we pick up right where we left off. What's happening with me this week? Well, once again, preparing for the Christmas tour. Nancy and I are hard at work on rehearsals. We're doing some early media tapings and things of of the songs. It's funny, Christmas begins certainly a lot earlier when you're a musician. We've been learning Christmas songs for weeks now. I've been walking around uh, listening to them when I should be just thinking about Halloween. You know, one one holiday thing at a time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. It's it's fun. We're, we've got some changes to the set list this year, which we're excited about. Some new new songs. And looking forward to going to new places. We're in uh, Ontario, all along southern Ontario, starting November 28th. And uh, through parts of New Brunswick, starting on December the, I want to say, 4th or 5th. But check my website for all those details. All shows are up now with tickets are on sale. And then in Newfoundland, starting December 12th at St. Mark's and St. John's, you can get tickets for that now, as well as all of the other shows across the island through ianfoster.ca. Okay, so we're going to pick up with part two of my conversation with Brian O'Connell. Super interesting fellow, as you've heard from part one. Here we go, part two. I'll tell you what, I've learned uh, in, in these number of years, so many different things. Mm-hmm. If I had to sit down and write it all out, it would be an incredible volume of work from, <laughs> you know, learning control boards and then, you know, moving from uh, different technologies. And now, you know, you're expected to uh, be, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, have you played around with TikTok yet? And I, I went, I downloaded it. I went, oh my God, I can't do this. Right. But I'm going to try. Right. Let's see what I can come up with. There's a comedian I love who has a bit about saying he's just started to uh, tell people services for streaming that don't exist just to see. Like, he'll just come up with names. And if they say, like, where's your show? And he'll just name a channel that doesn't exist. They'll be like, oh, I have to check that one out. Check that one out, yeah. Yeah. You know, on the other side of it, it, it's made you um, a little more technical in in that uh, the thing I think I like most about it is – what you had to do in a studio at the station years ago can now be done in my little studio down in my basement. Right. Anything I could manufacture there, I can manufacture at home. Right. And of course, you know, you invest in, in different things. I said, I, I have a mic fetish, right? My wife says I have a mic fetish. I think I have <laughs> nine different microphones I use for different things. Yeah. You know? Probably yeah. more than that, truth be known. But, um, you know, it's it's what you do. And, and now that you can do it at home, you're excited by that. Yeah. Know? Well, as I said for, at the start of this and to many others, I'm like the industry, like I'm thinking of my industry, uh, like the industry couldn't be worse, but the ability and the artistry time yeah. couldn't be better yeah. now because the, you, the, well, the even price your, of owning the equipment to make the stuff now yeah, is yeah. achievable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can turn out studio quality. In your own home Absolutely. studio. Those are the same mics yeah. that, that uh, the one you're speaking into is the same as the mics at VOCM or CBC, and, and the SM7B. And that's that's the same microphone, one of many that I have. I have one of these at home, and it's 
it's great sound. It's, yeah. Although I still don't like my voice, but it's still great sound. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a dialogue microphone. But yeah. yeah, so the the whole process has 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 changed again, and it continues to change. You know, and uh, the interesting thing for the industry for for broadcasters is is keeping up with that change mm. and continuing to be relevant. You know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boy, that's a challenge like you wouldn't believe. Because yeah. you know, you're you're for a, you're a music station. You, you have to play music, and you have to spend so much time uh, in researching that music and finding out not only what the general population across North America likes, but what do your people in St. John's or Cornerbrook or Grand Falls, Windsor or Gander or or you know down on the South Coast or down in in Buren or people in Botwood, what do they like to hear? Mm-hmm. And all of that takes a tremendous amount of resources to do, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you get it right, then there is reward. Yeah. So you talked about the transition from vinyl to CD, and we're kind of talking about this now. What, you know, there was already automation with CDs. What's the changes from CD to digital? Like, what did you notice? So now you, you you know, before you stood with CDs, you still had to take the CD out, put the CD back in. Of course. And you ran the the commercial separately. So you were still doing a certain amount of operating. Right. Now everything is loaded into one program. So you see where your breaks are coming up and your breaks are numbered. So if I don't want to do a live break, I can record it. Right. And just drop it in. Right. Um, I can do a broadcast from somewhere and realize I have a break at uh, 1040 and mm-hmm. I'm going to do a, maybe I'm doing a remote broadcast and I can record that and drop it in the system. Mm. And there's, that's it. It's done. Right. Know? And I just have, have to be there. I'm still there. Yeah. I'm still doing everything I did, but it just allows you more freedom to do other things. So a lot of guys now will use that extra time to get on social media, things like Facebook or Instagram or, or, or Twitter or uh, what are those, some of the, the, the broadcast uh, apps, uh, they escape me right now, but you know the ones that you go live, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- use those as an opportunity to further enhance the broadcast that you're doing for the client, you know? Right. So it frees up more time for sure, you know? Right. But it also means that because you're not doing it live, then it has to be flawless. Mm. There's no room for you to, and some people will say, no, it's okay to stumble once in a while because, and others will say, no, 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 no. There's no opportunity for that mm-hmm. because there's no reason. You you know, you're doing it, you're recording it, so it should be perfect every time. Right? Mm. So there's a, a little bit of A and B there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and this will get a little meta for a second. I'm curious what you think about things like podcasts because for me, I fell in love with those while on tour, particularly long-form conversation podcasts, <laughs> which, you know, is what we're doing right now. But, you know, just because they didn't have some of those constraints. First of all, there's no language constraint. Yeah. You can say fuck directly in the yeah. microphone here. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to say that. Uh, I don't you're want, like, it's been, I bred don't want, out of, it's been bred out of I it. don't want Don Abbey to burst through that door <laughs> and say, I <laughs> thought I told you about this. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but also that you can see all the seams. That was the thing that blew my mind the first time. And I was listening to some fairly famous yeah. podcasts with like world famous directors and things like that. But it was just like, I would hear how I felt like I had an access to these people that I had enjoyed either as world famous musicians or actors or whatever. And I could literally hear them talk about like, oh, yeah, the drive over here was crazy or whatever. And it was that was as compelling to me. But it was as compelling to me as something polished. Yeah. You know, I think when you hear two people talk, especially if you're interested in what they're talking about, 
it's a wonderful opportunity just to be part of that conversation. You feel like you're listening in to something, you know, that's uh, special that, you know, normally you wouldn't get a chance to hear. I, I started listening to This American Life. Mm. And uh, great. I really enjoyed that. I, but, you know, not every podcast, but uh, I, I listened to one on car dealerships, which was so insightful. I bet. I listened to that on a plane trip. I was going to Montreal and... Uh, when I got off, I knew more about the automobile industry and how the month, the month, and the turnover and all of that worked than I ever knew in my whole life. You know, yeah. um, other, you know, some musician podcasts I, I, I like to listen to. Uh, I've um, kind of an eclectic taste in music. I'm a I'm a huge jazz fan. Mm -hmm. uh, I also love classical music. My dad was a big classical music fan. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I liked rock music. You know, I always used to laugh uh, Club Max when it was there on. Um, Water Street uh, West. Mm -hmm. I was just, when all my friends were down at two o'clock in the morning enjoying themselves at Club Max, I was doing the all night show at Q Radio just around the corner from them playing records, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was always so ironic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like pop music and I, I you know, if I, if I had to pick an era, uh, 70s, 80s music, you know, I kind of lost it in the 90s. Right. I like 60s, I like the 50s. Right. Um, but jazz is is a is a big thing. For oh, me. really? I, yeah. I like I like a lot of jazz. What's the favorite jazz? Stuff? Miles Davis, I love. Yeah. But uh, oh, you know, there's not a. I don't think I've ever heard jazz. Uh, um, uh, Nina Simone. Oh yeah. I love Nina Simone. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Dave. I saw Dave Rubeck at Plasdar in Montreal. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah. A number of years ago, I took my youngest son Karen to see him, and uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and I said to Karen after, I said, you know, this may not mean a lot to you right now. But as you get older, at yeah. some point, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I saw him. Dave Brubeck, and, yeah. Uh, just, just incredible. Yeah. Uh, I like country music. I'm a big country music fan. I played the country format for so many years. Right. And I, I've forgotten more about country music than I know now. But right. I, you know, songs and facts. And I can do, uh, every so often, we get a bunch of radio people uh, uh, up to the house. And uh, we're probably having a, an adult beverage. Yeah. And we do this thing called Hit the Post or Hit the Vocal. So we'll put on a song like The Spinners, I'll Be Around, and you've got to pick a radio station in a contest, and you've got to talk up to the vocal, right? And there's just, so one guy, does, then another guy does it right behind him, and it gets really outlandish. Oh, that's great. I, it's, a great it's a great game for radio people, but <laughs> we have a lot of fun, and I, I often say we should uh, we should be uh, capturing this. Uh, this would be a great video to have Yeah, well, that's, that's your yeah. podcast. Yeah, You'll yeah. release that as yeah. the... The compendium. Well, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I, a classical. My dad used to do a classical music show on uh, VOWR. Right. And um, funny, I inherited all of his classical music because my my sister and brother are not classical music fans. Right. And so I've got this massive amount of classical music CDs. Right. And, yeah. Uh, every so often, I'll pull one out and I'll find one of his notes in it. You know about a show he was doing, right? Yeah, which is yeah. just pure gold for me to have that, right? What did your dad think of of your career? I mean, obviously he was in radio first. Well, he, um, you know, he, he 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 liked the fact that I got in radio. Uh, he told me, you know, when I started, he said, you know, you're you're going to meet a lot of insecure people in this business. Mm. Uh, you're going to meet people who, uh, you know, are very unsure of themselves. People who need to have their ego stroked. And I kept thinking, God, I hope he's not talking about me. God, I hope he's not talking about me. <laughs> but if you're an entertainer, which a lot of guys on here are, I mean, you know. I mean, you're uh, filling a void. You're, you're trying filling, to fill yeah, a void. Yeah, you know, and so I think that's it. Uh, he, he 
directed me away from the public broadcaster. He, he, he was the one who recommended after I started in television out in Alberta to, to maybe stay with the private industry. Hmm. Um, he, what was the reason? Uh, he thought there was a lot of change coming. And, and at the time, there was. Right. Uh, they went through several changes. Every time the government changed, there was massive change. There would be layoffs and people were back on contract. And uh, I had a chance to go to uh, Goose Bay with a guy named Charlie Vitch to work up there. And uh, my father said, you're not going to do that. You're not going to like that. And, and this was back in the day when there was like no internet, you know, none of that. It was, you know, Goose Bay was, was a fine place, but you were pretty well cut off in a lot of areas. You know, you, were, you weren't getting out for the weekend, you know, right. so it was going to be a costly venture. Right. So he kind of steered me away from that and said, you might, you might find more success in, in private radio. And I, and I did. And, I, you know, I worked hard at it, you know. I think it was harder work because a lot of the shops weren't union shops. I worked in a couple of union shops. But uh, if it wasn't a union shop, then, uh, you know, they got away with more, you know. But, right. uh, but yeah, you know, I don't have any regrets for it. I always found it to be very enjoyable, you know. And I have a lot of friends that, uh, that went to work for the public broadcaster. Right. If I if I have one pet peeve, I'll say it here. Yeah. I know so many people who worked in private radio, and without private radio, they never would have got a foot in the door to the public broadcaster. Mm. They never would have had the opportunity. They mm. wouldn't have been looked at. Mm. But because they went to private radio and they were able to make their mistakes and learn mm. and grow, and then one day the public broadcaster came knocking, they went. But now, when they talk about that, they never, ever mention the fact that they worked in private radio. So, yeah, that's interesting. There's a clear hierarchy in what you're saying yeah. of it's private and public above. How does that interaction work? Well, I, I think people look at that as if you you won't be taken seriously in the public broadcaster if you worked in private radio. But in recent days we've seen or months we've seen people from private go uh, – to public and then, or go to, go to private and then come back to public, you know? Right. So, you know, you see that. I, I don't think that holds a lot of water. Um, Do you think that's a public perception or just uh, I think it's an industry perception. Indus, yeah. I don't think the public really cares. Yeah, you know, I wonder, yeah. You know. But I'm, I'm, and I think it's also a personal thing. I, you know, so guys who say, oh, you know, I wouldn't say I worked at Q Radio. I, I wouldn't say I worked at VOCM. Right, right. But if you didn't have that opportunity, you damn well wouldn't be where you are today. Right, right. Because nobody would have hired you I mean, certainly the public broadcaster wouldn't have hired you if you didn't have any experience, you know. Right. So I always found that to be kind of uh, kind of odd that uh, that to do that because you know we all work in the same industry, you know? right? And uh, you know, certainly the the public broadcaster has more revenue; uh, they have more government money. You know, private radio relies, uh, and private television relies on revenue from advertising sales, and that means we have to have ratings, and that means we have to work damn hard. To get those ratings, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and and we don't, we don't get off, you know. When when the when it snows, we're there. Right. Saturday morning, if it's snowing, you're called in. You got to be there. Right. You know? And that dovetails into something I find similar between. Yeah, and, but, your, and let me just say this. Yeah. There's an absolute need for a public broadcaster in this country. Oh, I sure. Have no problem with that. I think they're very important, and and it's it's part of the fabric of this country. Totally. But those hierarchies exist in every industry. Oh, I think and, so. Or at least perceived hierarchies. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. I, but I think it, it's, it dovetails into something um, that is similar between maybe everyone. I mean, certainly artists and musicians and what you do is believability and the ability to be genuine. So the idea of like people not owning their story, right? The idea that yeah. they'd go to public and then be like, my, you know, own your past because yeah. it's yeah. who yeah. you are. Yeah. Like I find you... Um, I mean, I know you personally as well, but like I find you 
probably because of that reason. I, I know you personally and I know genuinely that who you are on radio is who you are in person. You're, there is no affectation yeah. there. Yeah. And I sensed that before I really knew you, yeah. if yeah. you understand where I'm going here. It's just, it's when I hear you on the radio, I connect to the fact that I can tell you're genuine. Yeah, I think, you know, we all work toward that. That's what we want, right? Isn't it funny that it's hard to do that, yeah. to be uh, yourself? I, yeah, I, I think uh, some people find that very difficult, you know. Um, you know, I always, trying to get there for me was, was, was something. My, my dad was a big, uh, a big believer in that, you know, being yourself, trying to be yourself, you know, mm -hmm. warts and all. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you look around at uh, people who've worked in, in the industry, not only here, but many places, you know, people you think, wow, there's a couple of great YouTube videos of uh, disc jockeys back in the day mm -hmm. and uh, all range of voice, style, manner, you know, and you think, how did that guy ever make it, you know, <laughs> what they did. And the one thing that I think they all have in common was their believability. Right. You know, they weren't afraid to talk about themselves. I think, you, you know, you have to... Uh, um, you know, be able to poke a little bit of fun at yourself, sure. not to take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, once in a while, you know, you, you're going to make a mistake mm -hmm. and you have to accept that and move on. You mm -hmm. know, I, uh, because my father was such a guy for words. I remember I was doing the morning show at VOCM and it was um, autumn and the equinox was coming up. And I said the autumnal equinox and he had the hotline number to the studio and the hotline of VOCM would light up everything red. I mean, there was like an emergency, right? You know, <laughs> we're off the air, you know, Godzilla is in the Harbor. Yeah. Everything's on click, 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 like, Oh my God, what have I done? Like it's, yeah. you know, seven 30 in the morning. And I pick up the phone and this voice, this very CBC voice says, I believe you mean autumnal. <laughs> and hung up the phone. I went, yeah, that's it. And the other one was, uh, the other, my other favorite was uh, Yuri Gagarin, the uh, Soviet uh, cosmonaut who was uh, oh, first yeah. man in space yeah. and all that, right? And I called him Yuri Gagarin. And again, I believe you mean Yuri Gagarin. And I said, okay, thank you. Uh, so yeah, so now I'm I'm uh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm always trying to make sure I don't don't. But you know you do you make mistakes. Of right? course you, know, you do. Listen, uh, we started our Christmas show last year uh, by talking about the fact that when Nancy and I toured in Europe um, a couple of falls ago, we went to Prague when the tour was over, yeah. and we were standing in uh, Wenceslas Square, Good King. Yeah. And I looked around and I was like, here we are, you know. Uh, When's the square? And Nancy's like, Wenceslas, <laughs> like you know the song. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was that good King Wences last <laughs> looked out. <laughs> and Com she was like, mistake? that's not a thing. Like, take out your phone, and we're yeah. gonna solve this right now. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he looked out many times. That was just the last time he looked out. Was immortalized <laughs> in the song. And I love the idea that I yeah. lived my whole life. As yep. a person with a university education, yep. Yep. and was thinking like, yep. this is King Wences, like King Wences from where, like Torbay? Who's Wences? <laughs> no, it'd be King we made w that the banter it'd, it'd to be, introduce the song. It'd be you know? King Wince from Torbay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. But yeah, yeah. So you, you know, you try, but you know, as as hard as you try, as difficult as it is, you know, you're gonna make you're gonna make mistakes. Of course. I think that the the important thing there is to accept those and move on. You're human, and uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's and it's it good. Is. It can be it can be a source of humor instead of humiliation. Uh, yeah. Oscar Wilde said, "Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future." You know, <laughs> we all make mistakes, and we all learn and and learn from them. You know, totally. I hate it reading sports. Because I wasn't a huge sports fan, right? You know, but it was a necessary evil, and yeah. you know, oftentimes you were called upon, and broadcast news would always give you the the printed guide of names, you know, so you you, you know you knew what you were saying. But if you didn't have that, and a new player came in, oh God. Oh, you'd butcher them. And then, of course, you'd run into people who knew better. Yeah. Hey, Brian, so-and-so, you know? Yeah. What would you call the other day? Ha, ha, ha. I say, it's fine. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I mean, you've done so many shows. What's the single longest running show? Is it Irish Newfoundland show? Is that the one you've I, I done did the that, I, No, I did that for about six years. Okay. Uh, I, I truly enjoyed that show. But it was a Saturday morning show. And then as, you know, my wife and I got on and uh, it, I just, uh, you know, I love the show. I absolutely love the show. But it, it was time consuming and it meant every Saturday. And I was working mornings besides, so I'd get off at one. Right. Yeah, Saturday afternoon was shot because you were been up at five. Sure. And then you'd have Sunday. And then you had to go to bed eight o'clock Sunday night because you're on the air six o'clock or five thirty Monday morning. Yeah. So you're up at three fifteen. So it, it, it was a very difficult decision to make. Yeah. Uh, I did that. Um, I think uh, you know one of the shows I truly, truly loved doing was Archival Moments with uh, my dear friend Larry Doey. I still yeah. can't believe Larry's gone. Yeah. Uh, that was just a joy to do. That was I'm I'm a huge history buff, and he was such a, a wonderful teacher and so knowledgeable, mm. and uh, so gracious in sharing all that information. So I truly enjoyed doing that show. That was a real labor of love for me. Mm. Um, you know, we we never received any money for that show. What? It was an opportunity. So when we we were doing all talk on VOCM. We moved to that format, and we needed some filler. And I started doing a small piece in the morning show with Larry. And then from there, I said, you know, because they were looking for for one-hour shows. And I said, how about we do a one-hour show? And he was agreeable. And we started doing it. I think we did it from 2014 in, in one format right up until the, 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 the Thursday before um, uh, we recorded the show. And uh, then he passed uh, the following the following week. You know, we were making plans for a couple of other things. You know, we are talking about it. Um, I love classic country i'm a yeah. huge classic yeah. country fan I, I love 50s and 60s country i just love it yeah. um you know phantom 309 red Sovine, six days on the road you know um big fan of bobby darren uh love that right um, yeah you know I, I don't know there's a lot of shows I, I truly was comfortable in the country for i love the country format of the 80s at kicks that was great garth brooks when he was just uh coming online there and that was great and so much John Connolly and all these guys it was great stuff you know? right do you have any stories of people that you um... first interview I ever did was with Charlie Pride no way yeah, first interview I ever did and no uh, giant of a man he came in the studio and uh, we were at Q Radio on Duckworth Street right. um, and uh, he sat down what a wonderful man and I had never I mean I'd done some TV interviews but the questions were all prepped you know yeah and I was tasked with um, with doing this and he was so great because I didn't know a lot about him and as I say back in the day there wasn't any internet so what I found was was you had to go trying to research where you could and I didn't have the whole story of his background and everything so he was so great in in sharing that stuff and he made the interview so easy and people said after you know boy you've done a few of those haven't you no actually I haven't. 
<laughs> just he made me sound good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. cool. He was great. Uh, I met Shelly West. Okay, uh, David Frizzell, Shelly West. Yeah, I met a bunch of Alabama. I met a country artist back in the day. You know. But, you know, I remember one time um, Dave Carver brought uh, Tanya Tucker here. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was working at Kicks. And they're over in Bowering Park. They're the natural amphitheater. And it really is a beautiful setup over it there. It is, you yeah. Know? But um, I was told uh, by the promoter that uh, I had to give this spiel. He said, I'm going to tell you who you got to say, blah, 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 blah. you got to say it. You know, you have 15 seconds to do it, such and such, such and such, you know. And then Miss Tucker is going to come on stage. So he gave me the microphone. Now, everybody who was a country fan was there. They were Kicks listeners. Yeah. You know? But I was not going to be on stage. I was going to be behind the scenes. And I had to mention Canadian Club and uh, her record company and blah, 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 blah. And when he gave me the microphone, I ran out on stage. <laughs> and I said, ladies and gentlemen, and I did the whole spiel of 15 seconds. Tanya Tucker! And she walked on stage. As she's walking by me, she goes, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I got backstage, and this promoter, I don't know, our manager, whoever he was, was, was Dave Kramer was there. This guy was flipping out at me. And I said, hold on. I said, I'm never going to see you again. You're never going to see me again. So I really don't care what you have to say. <laughs> and I gave him the microphone. I walked away and that was it. Good uh, I met, uh, met uh, Kicks, uh, Kicks Brooks and Ronnie Dunn uh, that time. They were super, super people, you know. Oh, yeah. That was a real good show. It's a real right. good country show. If you're a country fan, you know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so, yeah, I've met up. You know, you meet so many. And unlike a lot of guys in radio, I, I, I don't have a lot of photos of me with these people. I have a few. I have some scrapbook stuff, but not a lot, you know. I just was wasn't never, into it? Just rather. Never was. Now I'm, now I'm collecting radio station memorabilia. Mike flags. I've got the original VOCM control room door sign. Oh, cool. I've got a, you know, a VOCM flashy dance mirror. I've got uh, some Q radio mic flags, you know, just the places I've worked in that, you know, so right. stuff I've come across, you know. And now with the advent of uh, Kijiji and, uh, and eBay, you'll be surprised what you can find online. I have a VOCM, CKCM, CHCM ashtray that I have in a box. It's it's like it's magnificent. It's huge. And I still won't take it out and put it anywhere because I don't want anybody to use it. Right? right. So I think I'm gonna get it framed and put on the wall, right? <laughs> but that's a rarity. And there's a guy in Boston who has a bunch of them. I don't know where he bought them, but he bought them and he sells them. Right? Incredible. So, yeah, so you know, but that's not a good thing for a guy who collects stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, really, you can spend your you day know. there. But yeah, I you know I, I like I mean I there's a lot of music I I, I like, you know I I'm, you know, I like Shaggy, you know, right. my daughter. <laughs> Shaggy. Yeah, I was uh, Toots in the Mayhalls. Uh, we we're, were, funny story, we were in Montreal, we we're driving in an Uber, and the guy's got uh, uh, this this guy on, and I think it's uh, Toots in the Mayhalls. So it, it sounds like him, right? Yeah. And uh, I go uh, to the guy, I go, is that, uh, he goes, no, it's Shaggy. I said, damn, I, said, I knew that. And my daughter's cracking up in the back seat. Really, Dad? I said, well, I like, like him because he does, because Toots does this uh, version of Take Me Home Country Roads, which is wicked. You know? So, uh, yeah. things you like, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, 70s pop music, uh, First Class, Beach Baby, um, Julie, Do You Love Me, yeah, yeah. songs like that, only because I played them. I always used to say to my kids, I played that when it was hit bound. You know, I played it when it was. Right. So, so you that's to watch is, its trajectory. Yeah. You know, yeah. you see that. Yeah. And so it kind of, kind of stay. Uh, Ardeen Taylor, Indiana wants me. Uh, Candy Apple Red, these songs. Um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, Carrie's Gone. All these songs that uh, the Partridge family, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Not that I want a steady diet of it, but I know it, right? Yeah. And yeah. It, 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 well, it's, it's part of the tapestry. Yeah. It, yeah. it speaks to a point in my life, you know, when I was working in these small, uh, small studios, you know, and you were playing records and that was it. Totally. And, uh, That's the best part about music. I have records that I, I literally said to Nancy last night, we, uh, we were out in the hammock cause it was, it was night, but yeah. it was actually not 
freezing last yep. night yep. and we're like we're not gonna get many more days like this and i and i knew i was talking to you today so i'm like i'm gonna smoke a part of a cigar in you know i know brian would approve and so we we're just out there and i'm like god this takes me back to cuba and then this particular record by a band called elbow yeah that i was listening to yeah. in cuba isn't and so f- literally smoking a cigar in like we had our toques on yeah. i mean it was still like 11 o'clock but isn't at it night. funny how music but can move amazing. you to that right you know, in a just, place a it, time and place you, you, it puts you right in a situation you know and uh i play songs for my wife i'm a huge sinatra fan like Frank Sinatra and myself, you know, I, I could have been, I would have carried his bags if I was around back in the day in the Rat <laughs> yeah. Pack, you know. Uh, I love his Alive at the Sands. I think he's just uh, great. I know a lot of people looked at him as a bully and all of that, you know, and I know, I'm sure there's a lot of that there. But he was, at the time, cool, and, and he was great. He just had that, uh, he was he was so confident in his music. One right. take, he was he was done with it, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Nelson Riddle, and, you know, you listen to him live, and, sure. you know, a lot of the stuff that the Rat Pack said you couldn't get away with anywhere near now. You got to play it. You got to be very careful, right? Yeah. Because there's so much in there, the innuendo that they, they did. But, uh, you know, Sinatra, and I, there's a favorite picture I have of Sinatra and Martin, and they're uh, just about to record, and it's a, it's a three shot, you know? Right. You know, beginning, middle, and, and when they get going. And it's just a classic. I've got a great picture of Sinatra on stage at the Sands, you know? Yeah. And I had an opportunity to see him when he was still alive. Oh, yeah. And myself, my wife, and uh, her sister and brother-in-law, we were walking down uh, the Strip in uh, Vegas, and I'm coming by, and I go, tonight, Frank Sinatra, 60 bucks, two free drinks, two drinks you know, with, yeah. with admission, right? Yeah, yeah. And I go, the chairman of the board, oh, my God, yeah. we got to go in. And Margo, who had no appreciation, didn't know who Frank Sinatra was 50, he said, I- I'm not going in there. It's an old man. I don't want to see him. So, so you don't understand. And I said, we had this huge, huge set to. Right. They wanted to go to the Space Needle. Right. So they, they went on to the Space Needle. I didn't go to see Sinatra. So a couple of years later, she's relating this story to some people and thinking it was going to get a big laugh. And people were, Really? You had a chance to see Frank, and you didn't? What? And then someone said to me, you idiot. I would have left her. <laughs> I mean, you mean on the sidewalk and got in to see the show? Uh, or, he, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, but now when we talk about that story, she says, don't tell that story publicly. <laughs> and look what I've done. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to see Sinatra. But I did see Johnny Mathis. Okay. Wasn't the same. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and George Carlin was on the same uh, the same bill. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And oddly enough, Tanya Tucker was in the audience that night. Amazing. Because uh, uh, Carlin, as Carlin, only Carlin could do, called her out in the most profane way. Oh, of course. So. <laughs> miss George Carlin, yeah, though. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, you know, when it comes to music taste, it's, it's all over the board, right? It's yeah. all over the board. I, I, I don't think there's a... I, I became really interested in... Um, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. Oh, yeah. And the Scruggs way of playing. I don't play an instrument. All my kids play something, but I don't. Right. But banjo really fascinates me. Oh, yeah. And, Why and so? I Why? don't know. It's because I think it's uh, Steve Martin, you know, uh, these guys, they just, uh, I mean, it's difficult to play. Yeah. If you can, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, if you can play a six string banjo, buddy, you're, you know, you're no Yeah, slouch, it's a whole right? other technique at the claw yeah, hammer. And they, they yeah. talk about the, uh, the Scruggs method of that, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I watched so many videos of him. And uh, Lester Flat when they were together, but mostly Scruggs. I just love Scruggs. Right. He had such energy, and he was so passionate about. It. You know, I could tell the guy was really enjoying. And and whenever there's many stories, when people would show up, everybody would be invited and sit down and play. Right. You know. Yeah. So I'm glad I never got a chance to sit down next to him because he would have been really disappointed because I couldn't play. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, you know, we're talking about lots of genres here. What do you think makes a good song? Oh, I, I think a good song has to touch someone. I think uh, the lyrics have to have some. 
significant meaning. And, and beyond that, if it's instrumental, I think there's certain classical music that will just move you, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, every year I go see um, Handel's Messiah. Mm -hmm. it, it is just one of the best, best nights of Christmas for me. I, and I, every year I had to go with someone different. Right. Because <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to go with me. <laughs> You know, so it's not your thing, right? You know, yeah. but uh, I, yeah, I think I think when it comes to writing songs, I said it has to touch you in some way. It has to mean something, you know. Right. But that's my generation too. I'm a, you know, I don't I don't get some of the uh, lyrics with uh, a lot of profanity. I don't. I, I know it means something to someone. I know it means, but it doesn't mean anything to me. You know? Right. So you know. Oh, I don't think yeah, that's even generational. I think it's uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an interaction between what's happening musically and what's happening lyrically in a song. And it has yeah, to be, yeah. uh, it has to both be there to some point yeah, to yeah. affect you. A lot of the songs the Beatles wrote were just wonderful stories, yeah. you know, and then there were stories around those, you know, totally. how that happened, you know, I always like finding those out, you know, those, those little sidebar stories about, you know, Me too. why they wrote this or how, where they were when they did that, you know, and yeah. The story about Ringo Starr getting in the van saying, boy, it's been a hard day's night. And next thing you know, they've got a song. I know, you know, I know. Things like that. That that fascinates me about music. Totally. And and there's some artists like, you know, John Prine. I'm a huge fan of John Prine. J.J. Mm. Um, um, Cale. I like J.J. Cale totally. a lot. Um, but, you know, but, but if you came to my house, you know, <laughs> Leonard Cohen, you know, I saw yeah. Cohen at the... Holy Heart. Me too. That Me was, too. That was so moving. That Incredible. was so wonderful. One of the best shows I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Saw Neil Young. You know, I, I like Neil. Uh, my favorite artist of all time, you know, and I don't know why this is because, you know, I played her music, but um, I, I just had a I, somehow a connection. Um, Emmylou Harris. Oh, yeah. Emmylou Harris and the Hot Band. Um, mm. One of my... I got the record. I still play the record. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys and Indians, you know, Amy yeah. Lou Harris and the Hot Band, and they, you know, just launch into it. Yeah. And I got a chance to see her out in Seattle, and I wanted to go see her, and, and I said, oh, God, I got, great, I got tickets. And it was a surprise, kind of my wife and I were out there. We're going to go to this place and see Amy Lou Harris, and Margot goes, there's this guy playing with her. I don't know if you know him. I said, who is it? She says, a guy named Merle Haggard. <laughs> I go, oh yeah, I've, oh that guy. I've heard of him. <laughs> so because uh, Margot's not really a country fan, yeah. And uh, we went to see. So she opened. Her and Rodney Crowell opened for uh, Merle Haggard, right? And it was it was just. I got to tell you, it was one of the most spectacular shows. And of course, Merle has passed, but having seen him and he did Oki and all those great songs wow. and she did every single song and I sang along with every one of them, right? Yeah. You know, the yeah. fact that I was in a vineyard and I was drinking wine had nothing to do had with it. Had nothing to do, yeah, exactly. But yeah, so, you know, my, you know I, I, a lot of music, I love a lot of music, you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, I'll, I'll sit down and listen to pipe and drum music, you know? Sure. Um, I'll, uh, I'll listen to, um, you know, organ music. I, I just, you know, whatever... Whatever turns my crank, whatever I'm into at the time, you know? Right. Um, so what do you think you get from that, that you... Excitement. Right, okay. I get excitement from it. I get... It moves me. It, mm. uh, it just uh, makes me feel, I don't know, something about an early Sunday morning and, and uh, you know, you've got Vivaldi on or... Um, I'm trying to remember the other guy I play all the time. But, but these songs, this music, it just makes you feel... You know, the public broadcaster on their FM used to have, uh, and I'm, by that I mean CBC, mm -hmm. they used to have this, uh, Howard Dick used to do this Christmas show mm -hmm. that would come on. It would be choral concert, and it was choral music from around the world. 
And when Christmas came in on Sunday morning, I always had that on. I just loved it so much. You right. know, it was just fascinating. And uh, it made me feel great. You right. Know? Um, music is just the way to the soul. You right. Know? It, it opens everything up for you. If you're happy, it makes you happier. If you're sad, it can make you happy. It can make you sadder. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it reflects different aspects and different times in your life. Yeah. And all that's so important. And, and going back to working in radio, you're so privileged to be able to play some of that stuff and share some of that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. The great thing about the Irish Newfoundland show was I had a kind of a free reign to pick and choose and play, you know? And that was great mm -hmm. because I became a huge fan of Ronnie Drew and Eleanor Shanley, and I had a chance to meet Eleanor, and what a lovely lady, you know? Yeah. Never had a chance to meet Ronnie Drew. But, right, you know. right. But you know, yeah. I, I should say on, on Mike that I still remember... Uh, though this must have been like s at least seven years ago that I got a phone call from you. I was in Milton, Ontario, sitting in my car. There was a voicemail and it was Brian O'Connell talking to me about an open letter from the island. And you said, uh, Ian, uh, I'm, I'm really digging this new song of yours. I'm going to play it on the Irish Newfoundland show. Even though there's a lyric says, don't ask me for another Irish song. You said, I don't care. I'm playing it. Yeah, and, did, and, yeah. and that was the whole call. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, this is so great. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, great song. It is a great song, you know, and it is a wonderful song and it, it speaks to this place that we're from. And, uh, you know, it, it, it talks about our passion for it, you know, and I think we're all passionate Newfoundlanders with all, doubt. uh, we all have a, I mean, we may hate the weather and we may hate certain aspects of it, but I think anybody who lives anywhere has dislikes, you know, about where they are and what they're doing. But, you know. On my best days, I try to tell people it must be pretty good here if the only thing we have to complain about yeah. is the weather. So this morning I, I had the opportunity <laughs> to be up early. I had to, I had to go to the airport and uh, it was about um, it was about 6.30 and uh -huh. I quickly uh, checked uh, my phone to see what time sunrise was. So I managed to get up on Signal Hill and the sun was, it was you could see the sunrise. You know, right. Some days you can't, but, and there was a couple of uh, ships on their way in and uh, I thought, wow, this is, if you know, if you were living in a small apartment in downtown New York, you're not witnessing this. I mean, you're witnessing other things, but you're not seeing this. And I was amazed at how many people who were there, people who'd walked up the hill, people who were not from here talking about the sunrise and how glorious it was. And I think we, we kind of take that for granted. Without a doubt. You know, and the people like yourself, because you are well-traveled, and, and I find that across the whole island, the people who are well-traveled know what this place is yeah, more. Because yeah. you've I, been other places and you realize how incredible it is. I'm always fascinated with people who come here. Some people come and work in, in my industry. They're not from here, and all of a sudden they come here, and it's like they've discovered something. Yeah. You know, and they're like, wow, we're going to live here. We've discovered this. And yeah. you know, yeah, well, we've been here a long time. <laughs> you exactly. Haven't, you haven't really discovered us. We, we've yeah. been around. As a matter of fact, long before you got here, we were doing things. That's right. That's you know? right. So I, I It's like just because there's 60 kilometers with no house <laughs> doesn't mean that you discovered it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's for me. It's 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 a wonderful place to live, and it's been a great it's been a great career. I mean, it's not over yet. I hope, but uh, but I. What's I, next? Know, What's going on? Now? I don't know. You know, the thing for me is um, where I did the archival moments program with Larry Doe. I, I really want to. I'd like to, I, obviously, I can't continue on with that, but I'd like to continue on with something like that. You know, mm, that uh, would be a nice way to honor the, his memory. The, the difficult thing about that is finding that right individual because Larry and I had a chemistry that of course. Was, was just amazing, you know? And he was so funny. He yeah. was great. And, and you know, you know, he could 
pick away at you and, and get you to laugh at yourself. And, you know, uh, he always referenced that I was older than him at some point in the broadcast. <laughs> I was, I'm not as old as you, but uh, well, how old are you? That sort of thing, you know. And uh, you, you need uh, to find that that person and that, because podcasts have to be entertaining and engaging. And, uh, they do. You know, so yeah. Is that, is that next though, podcast? I, I wouldn't mind doing that. I like that. You know, I do so many things. So I, I do, um, I mean, I, I got a bunch of things that I do when I'm not, you know, around, I do some, a lot of social media stuff. I'm in around poking around at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, um, some work for, uh, this guy who lives in the North pole at wintertime, Christmas time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have three, three of his suits. Oh yes. I've, right. Uh, I get involved in that in a big way. I, 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 I take great joy in that to the point where, uh, uh Christmas Eve, I will, uh, I will spend, uh, from four till about eight visiting, particular houses just oh. dropping in and uh, another thing I'll do is I'll do a, a video on a private YouTube link I have a set <laughs> I have a set a Christmas set in my basement yeah. I set up and I set up and I do individual pieces for individual for kids oh know? cool and uh, I've been involved with the um RCMP with the Jamie Children's Christmas Party for years. Right. And uh, matter of fact, we got December 7th is this year's show. I've got to start uh, lining up entertainment. I might be calling you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Please so, uh, uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I got a lot of different interests like that, I, you know, and and, not, and I don't charge for that sort of That's not something I charge money for. It's mm-hmm. just something I enjoy doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's part of giving back. And I'm always amazed at how amazed little children are by all of that, right? And yeah. I have a lot of nieces and nephews now who I hope are not going to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> because, yeah, but, but you know, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of fun. It's just, it just is a lot of fun to do, you know? Totally, you know? totally. Um, yeah, you know, it just, uh, the, the mantra is kindness, 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 you know? And uh, you try and try and be that person, you know? Try and be uh, as good as you can and uh, try and share. And uh, I've been very fortunate to work in an industry that's allowed me to, experiment, explore, be creative, right. you know, and, and have many times encouraged it, sometimes discouraged it, but many right. times encouraged it, you know. Right. One of my favorite shows to do on VOFM was the request line back in the uh, uh, early 80s, 85 to 87, you know. And right. uh, for whatever reason, they decided not to carry on with the show, but people would call in and we'd have a conversation and play a song, right? And that was a lot of fun because we were, <laughs> we didn't have a delay, so I had to pre-record the calls, right? And every so often, I'd leave my mic on the wrong channel, <laughs> so underneath the song, people would hear part of a conversation, and you, you knew staff were listening because you'd hear the thunderous roar up over the stairs, people running to the control room to like, turn on that mic to get on the other channel, right? So yeah, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a real blessing. It's been a lot of fun. It's and I continue to have fun with it. And I, you know, I look at people who are coming into the industry today. It's changed for yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, and I think you know you have to bring your A game. You certainly have to be aware of everything else. And if you have the energy and the time you want to put into it, then, you know, it, it certainly is something that you get a lot back out of, you know. Tell me, after all these years, what what is the main thing, if you can sum it up, that you get from radio? It's a creative outlet, uh, I think, more than anything for me. Um, I like that. I really like that. I like the opportunity. I always think every day when I'm going in to do a show, it's like an artist with a, a clean slate, a clean piece of paper. You know, what are the elements I'm going to put in here? What kind of a picture am I going to paint today? Mm. What am I, who am I going to be speaking to today? What am I going to say today that someone's going to find interesting or intriguing? I find that with Twitter, you know, you can put certain things up and then you, you see the response you get from people. And go, wow, that really hit people. Yeah. So it's a creative outlet. It's, it satisfies that. 
I think, you know, in, in many ways, you know, some of it, I'm a ham, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Jolene Grimes, uh, who reads news on VOCM in the morning, she was reading with me in the afternoon. Uh, Jolene used to say, I love your dad jokes, you know. I used to love the, uh, my, one of my favorites was, uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm only five minutes from the pub, uh, but it's, uh, oh, I forget how it goes now. It's a 35-minute stagger home. Anyway, it's, it's something like that. But, I, you know, dad jokes, that sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. Lacey t- wrote me just the other day and was like, my parents love the jokes that you're sending. Yeah. I constantly <laughs> – I don't know if you got this one, but when Lacey was talking about Montreal and going to see uh, Kieran at this festival, I was like, there was a punk band supposed to play there called uh, uh, 999 Megabytes. Yeah. Were they there? And Lacey was like, what? And I'm like, oh, they didn't make the gig. <laughs> there you go. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's what I do to that's, your daughter by text yeah, message yeah. regularly. Well, I do the same thing at the – supper table so yeah. <laughs> uh, you know and i've been very fortunate I've, i have four wonderful children and uh, lacy uh lacy followed me into the business she she uh graduated from mun and then went to king's college did journalism and then got into the uh, the business and then uh, after a period of time decided that uh, she wanted to try something else totally. um you know uh, karen is uh, just a wonderful young fellow you know he's a great guy and uh very proud. Stephen, of course, if you know my oldest son, you'll know that uh, like father, like son, he's a very funny guy, you know. Uh, and uh, Maggie is uh, extremely talented. And uh, Yeah, she made a record, I heard. Yeah, 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 yeah you had a hand in that. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that was a, a great, and you know, uh, you know, because you, you don't want to be one of those parents that shoves that stuff down people's throats. People say, you work in radio, why didn't you play it? Well, you know, I know how difficult it is for other artists to get airplay. So sure. I don't think it's fair for me to to push something that's near and dear to me. Right. You know, when you know somebody else can't get a, a foot in the door. I think legitimately if you send it out and it gets airplay, well that's great. You know. Right. But on the mean in the meantime, you know, I do I do share it with people, you know, so she gets totally. a good response. She's that, very yeah. talented. Yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been very lucky. And of course I married the, the woman I love the most. So, mm. you know, that, that's uh Big supporter of mine and, uh, you know, has always encouraged me. And uh, no matter whatever weekend or shift or whatever, didn't matter. She was all good with it. Always good with it, right? You know? Nice. So it's great stuff. Marco's great, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful, wonderful career. I just, uh, you know, I can't imagine. And I've met so many great people and friends, you know. Um, it's funny when radio people get together. You know, they talk about radio, but they talk about all this other stuff. And... Uh, one of the funny things I find about when you're together with radio people, especially guys who work on the air for the, use the term disc jockey, mm-hmm. you know, you're a jock, you know, you're mm-hmm. playing music. And uh, a friend of mine, Mike Campbell, said, you know, the thing about it is that if, you're, if you've got a, uh, an iPod there or you've got uh, access to a Spotify, you never get to hear the whole song. Oh, let me play this for you. I'm going to play it. And it gets about, you know, uh, a half a verse into it, go, no, no, okay, what about this one? <laughs> That's so true. You, you never, That's so you true. never get to hear the whole song, right? You yeah. Know? You'd be the worst people to have playing at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're so right. That's, that is, like, how many times have I been in the room where, like, you, you just, it, you, it takes a very particular type of person to just sit down, close their eyes and listen. When, yeah. when you say, can I play you a song? Most people are like, oh, that's cool. After verse yeah. one, you're told. Verse totally. one, yeah. Yeah. we say, no, there's more. Yeah, exactly. You didn't <laughs> no, just No, wait the, for it. Yeah. 30 seconds. So when you listen to John Prine, you had to listen to the whole song because it's, you're on a path, you're on a storyline somewhere, right? That's yeah, right. So. That's right. But yeah, that's, that's the funny thing about people who work in radio, right? <laughs> so it's who we are, I guess, and how it works. Totally. 
Well, I think this is it, Brian. Was this okay? Yeah, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I, uh, I, uh, you know more about me, and uh, whoever listens to this will know more about me than I know about myself. I, I didn't share everything, every dark secret with you, but we'll uh, have you back for that episode. <laughs> Side two. <Yeah. laughs> no, Ian, it's been wonderful. I really appreciate it, and oh. uh, to all the folks who hear this, thank you. Thank you for taking the time and listening to it. Oh, thanks for being here. Hey, wasn't that great? Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Brian O'Connell. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on the app that you use to listen to podcasts. And we'll see you again next week when my guest will be the Reverend Rob Cook. Thanks. Thanks.